Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our members of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine the show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Andy J., Gordon S., and Jackie A. We have a new guest on the program today. Stuart Rogers has joined us. Stuart is the president and CEO of Edgemont Gold, a British Columbia-focused copper and gold exploration company advancing the Dungate Gold Copper Project near Houston, BC. Edgemont is listed on the Canadian Securities Exchange under the symbol EDGM and also on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange under the symbol EG8. Mr. Rogers, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Well, thanks for having me here. Appreciate you coming on and bringing out the Edgemont story to us. At the start here, Stuart, why don't we, uh, just for the audience, why don't you give us your background and experience in the junior natural resource sector? Yes, Andrew. I've been active in the industry here in the junior capital markets in Canada since 1990. I've founded, funded, and served as an executive officer or CFO in numerous junior resource companies. I guess the most notable recent one was Gold Terra Resource Corp, where I raised over $30 million as CFO and president of that company, which is developing a significant gold project, Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. I still serve as a director. I was replaced as president when it became went beyond exploration, which I'm comfortable with and got into sort of more of a development stage. But, you know, I've been active. That's just an example of an involved in a lot of companies over the years. So really enjoy the industry and the opportunity uh, that presents itself in the exploration sector, especially. Stuart, I appreciate that. And how about uh, maybe the market conditions for gold exploration equities or really just gold junior equities across the board? Thoughts on current status uh, in this market here? And do you have an outlook, say, over the next year or so? Well, you know, uh, over the last, I guess the last quarter, probably from starting in July through, uh, you know, September was pretty, pretty down. The market was pretty flat. There uh, wasn't a lot of enthusiasm in the, in the marketplace for uh, the junior exploration equity the gold and the copper even. Uh, but I've seen that turning around. I mean, I think with some of the indexes, uh, now they've turned uh, uh, the global mining and or GTX, uh, GDX or GTX uh, junior, the tracks or the junior explorers, those indexes have turned around since September. And I'm just sort of seeing an overall feeling in the market of enthusiasm for the sector. Uh, another company sort of not an immediate neighbor of ours, but one in the area exploring a gold uh, uh, copper porphyry uh, just announced a $10 million finance this morning off the back of, on the back of some decent drill results the other day. So I'm really seeing the enthusiasm coming back. I've seen the gold prices up, uh, staying over $1,800 for a couple of days. Hopefully that trend continues. Once it stabilizes, I think things will be good. Uh, I think the, the outlook you know, behind in the rearview mirror wasn't so great over the last few months, but I think the outlook up ahead, I'm very uh, enthusiastic about it. Uh, you know, there's been a number of of companies taken over by majors. Uh, just one announced uh, the other day, Pretium being taken over by a new press and a takeover offer. It's one of a, a number of deals that have just happened and uh, more expected to happen. And when you really look at it, I mean, there aren't that many strong candidates for takeover out there. So, uh, you know, 
I think anybody with a project that can develop one, I think is going to be in good position because I think the major companies need more gold reserves and resources and their, their source are the junior exploration companies. So I think it's going to be good for our sector. That's really my gut feel over, uh, over the next year. And I think some of the, the, uh, the data supports that. Yeah, certainly interesting times here. I think the Predium shareholders are certainly happy uh, finally after having a lot of <laughs> yeah. kinks, kinks in that yeah. project, finally getting things moving here. And then, of course, you know, the uh, Agnico Kirkland Lake deal as well. So it, it's good to see some of that happening. A little smarter here uh, over later on. So I think there's still deals to be had on the M&A side of things. And yeah. you mentioned uh, Gold Terra, Northern Territories. You're pretty familiar with Canada. Where would you yeah. rather work if you had to pick a province? Uh, give us one or two provinces that you would have to uh, pick over the others. You know, I think one thing, there's the danger in always doing that is sometimes a province is, you know, has a bad rap from certain things that they've done and nobody wants to go there. But, you know, the, the government recognizes it. And they turn around and realize that they really need the support to support the mining companies and things improve. Uh, when we went to Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories in 2013, uh, there their reputation for getting things done and permitting was bad. You know, our experience when we were there was good because they recognized they had a bad rap, a bad reputation that they had deserved at the time, actually, and they were making the efforts to change it. Uh, I would say the same thing about British Columbia, where I operated in, I guess, in the early 2000s, and, you know, it was hard to get things done, but now they seem to be open for business, and I'm excited about working at BC. You know, I really find it's been efficient. We've had... Uh, you know, there were delays getting permits last year, but that was a lot of that was COVID related. It was it was very, uh, you know, getting through this whole pandemic and everything, and sort of a lack of staff and manpower everywhere was making it an issue. But as far as getting things done in cooperation, it was good. So I mean, I've had experience with uh, BC and uh, the Northwest Territories, and I'm pretty happy right now with both of them. So uh, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't. You know, I don't think it's fair to compare it to other people, but these guys, I have experience. I, you know, I, I think it's also important when you comment on things, uh, you know, have a direct experience and not just what other people have told you, which people tend to react to too. Um, so I can say working here, they've been good to work with. You know, we're getting things done and things are moving along. And then, like I said, I really enjoy BC because it's just closer to home and they seem to be enthusiastic about having us there. Well, let's get into Edgemont here. How about the background on this company, Stuart? You know, talk about when it started, what was the idea, and when did you come aboard to lead it? Well, actually, I was founder of the company in 2018, and the other two founders are, of the company are Joe Campbell, who was my partner at Golterra when we started that. Uh, he was involved in the discovery of the Melodine Gold Project uh, prior to my meeting him in uh, 2007. Discovered, led the team to discover Melodine, developed it, introduced it to Agnico Eagle. They've acquired that project. This one's been one of their most uh, successful mines now in, in Nunavik. Um, he, Joe, still is a chief operating officer at uh, Golterra, but he's a very experienced geologist. He identified this property, the Dungate property, and that was our initial focus when we founded this company was to fund uh, uh, the initial exploration of that project, which uh, he felt based on some of the data that we uh, discovered in historic records had some tremendous potential and that hadn't been uh, explored for in the last, uh, since 1976. The other founder of the company, Peter Coyens, is an experienced uh, and successful fund manager uh, from Europe. He's the CEO, chief executive officer of Lisey Development, and that's an investment issue that's very active in financing junior miners and exploration companies. A lot of the company, well, two of the companies you mentioned uh, today, Pretium and uh, Kirkland Lake are companies that uh, Guido was an early investor in. 
So uh, we know the sector quite well. And so uh, it was, this really became a project. Three people have worked together in the past on other projects, getting together, identifying an opportunity that we think uh, had a, the potential for an exciting discovery. And uh, that's how it came to be in 2018. Uh, we then did the initial work on the property and listed in uh, 2020 and continued to advance uh, the project. Stuart, how about an overview of the capital structure at this point where things stand today? Maybe just cover the shares outstanding, the cash on hand, and then also the ownership at the board and management level. Yes, uh, I mean, we have 25, approximately 25 million shares issued outstanding as of today. Uh, we have 2 million in cash as of the end of October. Uh, we have uh, completed a drill program budgeted for around uh, $700,000. We've half paid for that. So say if by the time we finish paying for the drill program that we just completed in October, the bills are coming in, we'll be down to about $1.6 million, to be exact, full disclosures. So $2 million at the end of October, but there are bills to pay. But once that's done, we'll the end of the year with about $1.6 million. Uh, fully diluted, we have 35 million shares. We will have 35 million shares out. But if those shares are warrants or exercise, we'll raise another $3 million, so um, which will complement our, our, our cash position. Uh, significant shareholders, and of course the founders are all significant shareholders of the company. Uh, when we uh, set out to raise money for exploration, we in February we had done enough work on the property, identified drill targets, filed our drill permits, and we we're looking to raise money for the $700,000 program. And uh, that was the amount we set out to raise. But we ended, we approached uh, very experienced industry people that we had dealt with in the past. Then next thing you know, we were oversubscribed, and the $700,000 financing became a $2 million financing with some very um, sharp people involved uh, in the project. Uh, subsequent to that in June, we were approached by a fund out of Holland, uh, who's now one of a large shareholder of Plethora Precious Metals Fund. Uh, they acquired 2 million shares in the financing that we did in June at 33 and a half cents. So uh, we've attracted a number of people, I guess those are the industry, uh, with industry expertise into the project. And because of the project, I think the potential for it, we were able to, you know, set out, uh, raise over two million more than what we expected. So, which gives us the benefit benefit of being well funded to continue to advance the project after we get results back to this phase one program. Yeah, it's always good to have, you know, demand uh, certainly on the financing side and not come up short on these things. Uh, how about uh, you know, with management and yourself, where do you guys think you're placed at as far as you know the price you own the shares at this point today? No, I think we're in good shape. I mean, we're founders. We obviously sort of funded it in the early stages and participated in a number of the finances along there. So we've got skin in the game on this. I mean, our real reward on this company is is going to be on a, on a discovery. That's really what, we, what we've tried to do is keep the shares outstanding, down, raise you know enough money to get uh, things done and not get too carried away because we want to keep the our market cap now is just around the $5 million range. And I think we've got a lot of leverage here on uh, if we have a discovery hole. On this project there's some people like some uh, shareholders of other companies that are in the area analysts news writers i mean a lot of those they like to sort of keep their names private i mentioned plethora because they had to do a news release because they ended up uh, you know having it was put them over the 10 percent mark on it you know so those are really the names i can name now i mean we're not a big enough market cap to track some of the bigger funds but we've worked with those guys before we know these people we know what they want we just got to advance this project a little farther so we can bring i think the same investors that we brought in to you know help us raise three million dollars for uh, gold Terra over the years good well let's uh move into the project dungate here recent drill program just completed 
Uh, how did the program go on the ground, Stuart? Any key points that you can mention, and when do you expect results really at this point, given some of the backlogs to be released? I guess we'll start sort of the beginning. I mean, the project, I mean, the getting the work done there was excellent. I mean, one thing we liked about this project, and it was always important to, to myself and to Joe uh, Campbell, is, you know, the accessibility. And the uh, accessibility equates to uh, economics, you know, making it easier to explore. But obviously, it was down the road. The plan is to put a mine into place when you have access to infrastructure, which is which we have in this case with the town of Houston, which is only six kilometers away. We have access to power. We have access to rail and highway transportation, a trained workforce. You don't have to uh, set up camps for your people. You don't have to have a helicopter support get things done or even development down the road. You don't have to stockpile fuel like you have to in remote sites. It's really from an economic and access uh, and the logistics point of view, it's a dream uh, here. I mean, we were really impressed. It, like, it took about 10 minutes to get from the core facility in the town out to the site. It makes it easy for us to track drillers, to get support people, to get things done. So that part was phenomenal. So I mean, what that really speaks to is getting this drill program done was, was, was great. It was easy, and even when we had problems, they were easily fixed because you're right beside the town. The uh, driller enjoyed the project so much, he says, when can we go? I'm ready. To, he's ready to go again in January, which uh, we might not be. We might not have a uh, – hopefully we'll have our results back. We'll have our plans together then. But, I mean, it was a good project for everybody to work on, easy access, convenient, good terrain. It was great. And there's lots of people in the area as well. Some Summit Minerals, uh, they announced a high-grade discovery in early January, just uh, seven kilometers to the south of us. And by high grain, 17 meters of six grams a ton. So we're in the, the right area, we think, for discovery here uh, on this project. So as far as working here, we like the area. We like the support we're getting from the local community, and we're finding it very easy to access, and the economics are great. Stuart, and based on the results that you get back here over the winter time, what do you think the company plans are going to be and objectives for 2022? Well, what we want to do is, I mean, we're really pleased with the drilling we did. Our drill program was was uh, unique in that this hadn't property hadn't been drilled since 1976, and the drilling at the time was all very shallow. It was uh, about 100 meter, less than 100 meter holes. So our plan was to go and let's go deep because that's where people are getting the discoveries now. You know, as uh, the low hanging fruit uh, is taken, those things close to the surface, you've got to go deeper to really uh, identify and develop uh, deposits. In the case of the uh, the shallow drilling, the results from there, they had some good indications of those numbers, but you know, we've gone in and we drilled seven holes at average uh, length of uh, 500 meters. So we're going deep into the, into the system. Uh, we've done surveys that indicate the mineralization uh, looks, appears to be getting better as we went deeper. And that was the case when we went and we drilled the properties. We were impressed with what we saw. And uh, again, this is a program that has gone where nobody's really gone before. There was only one deep hole in 1975, and that's really what attracted us to the project. Uh, drill log in the Ministry of Mines file uh, indicated that they had 142 meters of copper, mineral, um, copper mineralization at the bottom of the hole when that hole was completed. We didn't have the assays, we didn't have to file the numbers at the time, but we did have the drill log. So that's why we went after this, because we don't think this thing was explored with proper techniques, obviously the new technology, the IP surveys and that uh, technology we applied to this, and it also hasn't been drilled deep. And it was also never tested for gold in the drilling in 1976. And we're seeing from sampling we did on the project before we set up the drill program, we are seeing samples, uh, uh, gold in surface outcrops and in soils. So we think that um, we're, you know, we're really excited about the potential there. 
So how about other property acquisitions, Stuart? Uh, is this something on your guys' radar? Is any work being done here, or will the focus you know, remain on Dungate? And then if there is something else you're looking at, will the focus remain in British Columbia? Well, you know, British Columbia obviously is a place that we like. I mean, the Indiver, you know, it's our preference. But again, you got to go where the you got to go where the gold is, so to speak. So, uh, you know, that, but right now BC is where we want to be, uh, and we are uh, we're actively looking at things. Uh, we looked at a number of situations over the last while, and discussions are are ongoing. Uh, we haven't seen anything that's excited us uh, enough to move forward with. You know, on the same caliber at Dungate. Again, with the Dungate, you know, it has exceptional potential because it hadn't been explored since '76, and there was data in the files that indicate that they were onto something at the time. So, what we're looking for is something like that uh, to move this forward. We think it has legs. Uh, we think we got a lot of potential with it, but the door is open to look at other things. We have been approached, but there's nothing that's really met the criteria for us to move forward on yet. Talk about the original, the acquisition of this property and that the early days there. Was the vendor looking to just, you know, get rid of the property? What was the, I guess, the circumstances? You knew some folks who had this property. How, how did you come across it? Yeah, that's an interesting story. Actually, the people, the, the fellow that approached us with the property initially, there was like, a, there was a, sort of the initial done get date claim, the first block that we acquired in 2018. And uh, we were approached by an individual we'd worked with in the past. He's a very experienced copper corporate gold explorer. Uh, Tom Setterfield, he's a fellow we worked with who was also involved in, in Gold Terra as well when we started that company. He partnered up with an individual from uh, BC that retired from the Ministry of Mines and, you know, wanted sort of had seen things in the files he thought were of interest that he would go out and, uh, and sort of kick the tires on and see if they made sense. Uh, those guys, uh, Tom and Dave, went out, did their work came to us, presented us with the project, and we liked it. And, you know, it was, they're not guys that want to get rid of it. They're guys that because of the money that's involved in doing it, you can't do it individually and privately when you're talking about, you know, spending, like in our case, like 200000 to get to where we were before we drilled, and now another 700000 It's something that involves the company. But they they were comfortable with us. We knew they would get stuff done. We were comfortable with them. Well, we respect uh, their capabilities. And we acquired the property and started doing the work. And as we do the, did the work, we got more excited with the sampling at surface that we did, uh, with then subsequently with a magnetic survey that then identified other targets to the north and sort of, and correlated to the soils and the gold samples to help us in our targeting. Uh, we acquired another property just to the south of us, which had been held by an individual since 1976. Uh, we tried to get him involved earlier and he didn't really get too excited about it. But then he saw we were doing work and he actually realized he had to do some work or he was going to lose it. He threw his lot in with us and uh, added that to the project in 2019. And that's pretty interesting that a guy would hang on uh, to a property that he's had since 1976. So he obviously had a belief that this guy's an experienced prospector who's been very successful, you know, involved in developing, uh, being the founder, sort of the identifier and vendor of properties to a number of companies. So from there, once we went out and did the work for the MAG survey and we did the uh, induced polarization survey that, you know, came up with a chargeability uh, high coincident with the MAG high, you know, that really tied everything together, identifying a 1.2 kilometer target, which is uh, what we're targeting in this drill program. Uh, once we started doing that work, we identified that, you know, this thing looks like it's larger than this project area we have and we staked uh, 
you know, additional ground, probably another uh, thousand hectares to the north, uh, northwest and, and northeast to expand the project. So this was a project that basically we acquired from people we respected. We thought knew what they were doing. We did our homework, uh, did a reasonable deal on it to, to option it, then did subsequent work and developed it to where it is now. So this is a project grew over time. We did the work. We all the steps, soil sampling, surface sampling, mag surveys, IP survey, got to the point that we really developed some good targets here to start on with uh with this drill program so it was something was done by sort of doing all the right work before we got to the stage of uh drilling holes so it was done methodically with the proper technique thanks for the background on that Stuart. and how about you know after drill results come in and you guys work on the next uh you know program for next year in the plans where do you think you'll be on financings do you think that a financing would be due sometime in q1 um, any indication of when, you know, for, for maybe some of the audience listening in, when you guys might look to do another financing? You know, I would think, uh, you know, right now with $1.6 million, I mean, drilling up there is inexpensive for us. I mean, it's too, you know, this last drill program was 3,500 meters roughly uh, for $700,000 or less. We haven't got the final bills in, but, you know, we have enough money to do another phase two drill program on this. So I don't think we're not going to need money before that program, but I think, you know, after we do it probably by sort of the, the middle of next year, you know, we'll have a, we'll, we'll need to look to raise money. Uh, so uh, we like to advance the project. Our goal is to go, let's get some success, get a, get a rewriting on the value of our stock and be able to raise money at higher levels. That's really the plan. I mean, I'm up there. I'm very big on minimizing dilution, as I indicated earlier. Don't raise more money than you can spend efficiently. and uh, and don't so you, you you want to keep your structure tight and that's really what we're attempting to do here so we're funded we're in good shape for now and we won't have the need for money till the middle of the year if a funding came along from the right partner if, for example at the right price we would look at it but we don't won't need money till probably the middle of next year yeah and of course you know results here if the market likes that uh, there's potential there and, well, and the brand, that'll happen the if Sorry, yeah, that'll happen. It's like Northwest Copper. They announced a discovery hole yesterday, and then they announced a bond deal for $10 million today. So, you know, in this market, I mean, I think that really makes me excited about the market that we're in now that I think is turning the corner. If you can go and deliver results, you're getting credit for now uh, as far as you know, appreciation of the value of stock and also the interest in funding projects. Yeah. You have the the specific junior sentiment to play with, and then you have the broad market sentiment, which, if the rug gets pulled hard enough, can be challenging to raise money. Yep. And then you got company specific events as well. So you've got a it's a complex process, I would say. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing what happens next there. And then more on the administrative side, Stuart. Uh, how about a US OTC listing? Is that on the radar to complete, say, in the next six months? And would you say at a minimum that an OTC QB level listing would be in order? Well, that's what we would do. I think, you know, I've had experience listing companies in the States in the past, actually, even on to full NASDAQ uh, back in the, the 90s. So I think the US market is uh, is a good place to be. I think at our point now, place where we are now with our market cap, and we're just out sort of getting some attention now, now that we're drilling, people are starting to pay attention when you're doing, drilling gets attention, bottom line. Now that we're drilling, we get good results. I think uh, there's enough of the market in Canada and sort of the following we have in Europe to sort of carry us over the next while. I don't think we have enough stock out really for a U.S. listing, but I, I think the U.S. listing is something that, uh, you know, has always really worked well for a company and it's something we would do uh, probably next year. Uh, so we know the process, we know the people and we've worked with them in the past. We can do that reasonably quickly. 
but, but I think what we would do is look at that doing that uh, next year. You know, after we get results back from this and we sort of start the next drill program, we move forward from there. I think the timing would be by the middle of next year to have that done. I think that sounds pretty good. I, I think the OTC is a fairly straightforward process that's, uh, you know, it one is. of the easier ones. And QB level, I think, is is a good way to start and then, you know, maybe look at the, the final QX later on. Um, I've not been terribly crazy about the CSE and, and some of their global access as far as reaching out to brokers and getting more CSE exposure across brokers outside of Canada. I mean, obviously, inside Canada, CSE works pretty well, but, you know, the junior gold standard is the TSXV and the TXX eventually. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to eventually graduating, uplisting to the TSXV? Yeah, that wouldn't be difficult. You know, I have good relationships with the people there. Like I say, I've been working in this market with a lot of the people that, well, I guess a lot of them still are there. Like I've been at this since 1990. Some of them are retired, but, you know, I still know a lot of people there and they still uh, approach us, want our business. I am the director of, uh, you know, Golterra and uh, at least say they're listed on the TSX Venture. So we have the relationships there. I don't think that would be difficult to do at all. Uh, I think what we found when we listed on the CSE for a small company where you're trying to save money, it really helps at the early stage. But I think once you're successful, I think you should, you know, can it probably make sense to move on. And your point's well taken. We have had some comments from people in Europe, uh, the Guido's contacts, who were interested in the story and just found it was difficult for them to place orders on a CSE. You know, like, well, that's just sort of by depending on brokerage or country, you know, so it's not uniform across there, but the access wasn't as uh, uniform as it was for the TSX venture. I figure that probably is in the plans as you guys progress here. I, I've just been generally disappointed. The CSE has been fairly slow at handling their relationships outside of Canada. And, you know, it's just a challenge to get on there. Whereas, you know, the TSX group's done a lot better job of getting that global access set up amongst other brokers that should be part of the, the conversation, especially when you're looking to expand that access beyond Canada. How about the overall strategy, Stuart? What do you see here? I mean, this is really early stage, but do you see that this is something where you guys are going to continue to advance and bring something that's of size for suitors? Um, what do you think is the end result here? I know you've got lots of years to go here on this, but uh, what do you think is the overall strategy? Well, I think the overall strategy for any junior resource company is, uh, you know, our job is to go and explore, find projects and develop them to the stage where an operator wants to come and take over. So they don't do exploration anymore. They totally rely on us. I think a lot of people say, well, junior companies, you guys are always dreaming about somebody buying out, but it's, it's reality. Our customers are the mining companies. You know, they need projects like ours and they have to be of sufficient size uh, to attract their attention because they have to, they're uh, taking minerals out of the ground every year and they got to replace those minerals. So uh, we are the, I guess, the farm team for the for the mining company. So that's really uh, what we would look at doing. And that's really our goal. Uh, Joe Campbell has operated mines. We could do that if we wanted to. But frankly, I think I think the better approach is to hand it over to the people that need it that don't have projects that need them and want to give us a reasonable uh, return on our investment for the work that we've done today. Potential investors, Stuart, who are listening on the sidelines here, market cap of Edgemont is about uh, 5.3 million Canadian here. What would you say to yep. them about considering this company as an exploration vehicle at the current stage and price levels? Well, I think, I mean, the three sort of the big reasons, I think, to look at our stock is, I mean, it's the share structure, obviously, the market cap is low. I mean, you have tremendous leverage to a discovery hole if we hit uh you know, you can have a tremendous upside on your, your entry point into the stock. Um, 
the uh, and we are still capitalized to do work. We don't have to come back and raise uh, money right away. Uh, we've got a management team that's done this before, not only uh, with geology and the ability to identify a quality project, as Joe Cavill has proved with Gold Terra and Melody, and now with this property. And then you've got people like myself and Vito that uh, understand uh, the capital markets and have the ability to raise money, which is always a concern. You know that you have to have that aspect of these projects where you have difficulty. And then I guess the third. Uh, you know, reason to, to look at this is location. I think we are in a good jurisdiction, a tier one jurisdiction that, you know, that I, I think of becoming, you know, the interest in these type of jurisdictions is obvious. You look at the two companies that were just taken out, they're in Canada. That's where people are looking to expand their asset base in North America. When you're not worried about the government changing or uh, rule of law or other issues that could come up in, in other countries. Uh, what one miner has said is that it might take longer to permit, you, to go through the hoops, but at the end of it, you'll own it. <laughs> so that's a comment that's made by people who have worked in some of these other countries over the past. So I think we're in a safe jurisdiction to do work. Uh, about the, the people that understand mining, BC was built on mining, and so it's a good jurisdiction. And most importantly, from a location point of view, we have the infrastructure, which is huge. When the markets get tough, the companies that have trouble raising money are the ones that are remote because the costs of exploring are so high. It's just not worth the risk. In our case, this is easy to access, to maintain the project, and to do work and to development for somebody that's interested in acquiring it and doing that development on the project. And uh, it's a highly prospective project. So uh, we've done the work to indicate that the potential is there, the targets are there, based upon the surveys that are done and uh, the sampling and services indicated, you know, the, the gold in the system and the copper. And um, we think we've got a tremendous exploration opportunity here. So we think we've got the components for success and we're just hoping uh, the, the assays that we get will support that when they come back. And I guess from a timing point of view, I think you asked the question earlier and I, I might have skipped over it. I mean, we were quoted like eight weeks turnaround uh, for assays in the fall, but now what's happened is everybody's finishing their drill programs for the season and the labs are swamped. And uh, I think it's, and I, I'm hearing now that the lead times are dragging out. So we were hoping to have assays back before December, but I suspect it's going to be early January now. So uh, hopefully we'll get a surprise, but I think uh, to set expectations properly, I think early in January would be a likely time for us to get these assays back. Fair enough. Stuart, what's the best way for investors to reach out to the company? They can call me or Kevin Arias, our VP Corporate Development. The phone numbers are on the, the website or accessed by email, and we're happy to talk to anybody who has questions uh, about this and uh, you know, encourage them to reach out to us. Stuart, thanks for taking the time to chat, and thanks for the intro here. Good luck over at Edgemont, sir. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time today. All the best.